Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Hello, and welcome to another episode, a bit of a special one, because um, I'm introducing um, an incredible guest, but also one of my closest friends, uh, someone I've known for, I think, almost 15 years. Mohamed Abdullah um, is a final year student at the University of Toronto studying industrial engineering. Um, and he also completed a 13-month internship at the Poiret Group, um, consultancy and management. Um, and he's now the founder and running a digital marketing agency. So the reason why I brought Abdullah, and sorry, but this is going to happen immediately because we can't stick with his first name. I've never called him that. Um, because <laughs> There's something incredible to to talk about, especially the, the the perspectives and things we were thinking about like 10 years ago and where we've got to right now. So first of all, Abdullah, so, so good to have you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Zubair, for the introduction. I have to say, though, probably the most uncomfortable 30 seconds of my life having you introduce me. But <laughs> other than that, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for the invite. Absolutely. So th- this is the, the real question. It's gonna, this is the theme that's going to run through this whole episode. It's what we imagine versus what happened. Um, because we were, we've been together since, you know, from year three, but like really around the IGCSE times, what we, what we were thinking about, the subjects we wanted to choose, the A-level subjects we went on to then go on, and then the university and our kind of career pathways, all of this are like, all these things are interconnected. And we, we had this perspective or we had um, an aspiration or an idea we were working towards. Um, and it's interesting to like see what we imagine and um, see where we've got to right now. So I want to take it back to, let's say the IG's time, right? We were, I, we were this was like our first formal set of exams. Um, we had decided to do, we were doing the, uh, the IG math individ- independently. We were on the kind of the fast course. Um, and it was it was a, it was a scary time. We were, I think, what were we, 13, 14 at the time? Yeah, around that age, maybe even yeah, yeah 14, 15 ish. Yeah, and um, and so what was what was the like? I guess the first thing was like the subject selection was the first thing we had to go through. What was going through your mind? Did you were you already like fixated on an idea or a, or a university degree at the time? Yeah, so I guess for me, being you know Egyptian background and everything. Mm-hmm. But he only had a few options, you know, engineering, like not set by my parents, but just looking around me and seeing what people normally do is either, yeah. you know, being an engineer, going into business, being a doctor. So even when it came to picking my IGs, it was like, okay, let me still be broad. And that's why, you know, we selected three sciences, math, and then a few like geography and humanities courses, still thinking, keeping my options open. So not mm-hmm. fully certain of what I wanted to do exactly. Yeah, and I think this is a good point because I was very similar. I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew that it would involve something scientific and I didn't want to close off my options. Another, like, and so what we're going to try to do is also do some myth busting. So something that we're often like kind of um, scared at, at, at choosing YG time is that this is going to determine your career. The grades are going to make, are going to set out your life. Um, just a quick note. I don't know about you, Abdullah, but um, in my CV, my GCSE takes up one line and it's just literally the grades and that's it. I can't even list the subjects anymore. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that comes to show. Like, I think from my res, like my CV as well, I'm not even sure if I even have my IGs, like maybe even my A-levels, but even that, it's mostly my university stuff. So mm. IG stuff, A-level stuff, that's not even there for me as well. Wow. So maybe yeah, just to kind of point out and like reassure students when they're like at this point of like fear or, or like anxiousness about, oh, what subjects to take. Um there's a lot of flexibility and this is it's like a good point for for us to prove that we can we can pull ourselves together and do it uh, prepare well for an exam it is it does give a good kind of signal to university applications but it isn't like um it isn't the, like the, the the position where you like everything is determined on um and similar yeah so as i said i kept my options very open same almost i think we took the same subjects yeah yeah i think so it was three sciences math Geography, um, ICT, economics, yeah. And was there an English literature, I think? English literature as well, yeah. But yeah, just to go over your point, exactly. Like even when I was applying for my internships or whatever, no one really asked me about my IGCSEs, my A-levels. I think what's most important is just being able to select something and just do well at them rather than what you select specifically. For example, when, when I was recruiting for consulting, I'm super competitive, but for a lot of the applications, a lot of the interview processes I had, mm-hmm. they didn't really care what specifically I took as long as it, as long as they could see that, okay, I excelled in a few things. And that's kind of what they also look at. Like, so for some industries, they're, they're more concerned about, okay, how did you perform? Are you a hard worker? Are you good at communicating in teams rather mm-hmm. than what did you take specifically? Now, obviously, if you're if you already know what you want to do, like say be a doctor, then by all means go ahead. But yeah, just to go over your point as well, you don't need to know exactly what you want to kind of do to pick your courses. Yeah, and so moving on to kind of the A level time, and I think applications. So this was probably uh, I'll be honest, it was is the hardest kind of point of making a selection for me. Um, and I still think back to it, uh, and, I, uh, and I actually can see a very, very clear other path, which is almost like p- perpendicular to the one I took. Um, and I'll tell you about it. But what was what was going through your head? So you did you you had some inkling of engineering, but why in- industrial engineering? And I remember very, very clearly back in the common room, you explaining what it meant because I had no <laughs> idea what it was. Um, but what led you to choose that? Yeah, so like you said, it's really scary. You're going from like 10 subjects to like four, three, mm-hmm. like four, some took five, but like three, four or five, that range. And yeah, it's it's like a huge jump. But yeah, for me, what I did is I took math, physics and chemistry, but I also took business. So I was like, okay, let me still do engineering because that is what I want to, that's kind of what I think I want to do, yeah. but also take business as well. So it's kind of broad. And then to touch on industrial engineering. So there's a huge misconception that industrial engineering, you're in the factories, with like production lines and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's where it stems from. But now the field is really shifted into more of a data science. So I'd say it's even more related to software engineering than actual like production line stuff. Like we yeah. do learn about supply chain and production, like production lines and everything, but it's more about optimization, um, you know, making things as efficient as possible. And so, but, but like, what was what was that that thing that that drew you? Because I I still I'm like I'm gonna go back and think about the conversation that we had. It was about the fact that uh, that it combined the technical knowledge of 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 industry of engineering, but also had this kind of very real economic 
and business perspective. And another point I want to make is that you didn't take business at ITCSEs, and this was a subject that you took on straight from A-levels, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, why, and how did that kind of like, what did that, how, how did that, how were you able to manage it really? Mm -hmm. So yeah, to answer your first question on the industrial engineering and then why specifically that, mm. sorry, was that, was that, the, that was the first yeah. question. Okay. So for that, yeah, like you said, it had the technical aspect of engineering, but also had like the practicality. Um, so when I was speaking industrial engineering, I was like, okay, what engineering is most related to business as well in some way. And when I found out about industrial engineering, I then learned about, okay, it's all about process improvement, making systems. I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I get the idea of making things better. And so that's kind of what industrial engineering was to me. And because that's extremely broad, I was still kind of eager to do it because when it comes to industrial engineering, you've got people in healthcare um, that are industrial engineers and business, all, all kind of industries. And then to kind of touch on um, your second question, which was if I business, you could just remind me subject straight away from without having the idea. Oh yeah, so business, right? So I took economics, and I was always told that economics is harder than business. So even when I was taking IG, um, uh, Mr. Mola, you know, our economics teacher, he was like, if you take economics, you could take business as well. And so, uh, I mean, like in in A level, because it was you know quote unquote harder or whatever to take economics first. So that's what I did. And it gave me the ability to take business. That being said, though, we know a lot of people that took subjects that they never took in IG in A-level. So you can do it. Now, obviously, teachers will tell you, might tell you that, hey, it's difficult, but nothing's impossible. Like you can yeah. easily learn it. And for me as well, teachers saying economics is harder. It didn't really prepare me for business as much. It was still a new subject, learning everything completely from scratch. Like everyone that took IG business was way more ahead than me. But the great thing about A-levels is even while you're learning it, you don't necessarily need to take IG, at least for business studies. That yeah. might be different for math. That might be different for other stuff. But for business, that wasn't the case. Interesting. Um, now, so, so kind of my my side of things, um, when, when, I, when I was honestly quite confused, um, I also was similar to you kind of thinking about engineering as the only pathway. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I then filtered it down to, hey, I, I, I think I actually might take physics at uni because that was really interesting to me. Um, and then not very long before applications time, I, I, I ended up, you know, saying even within the physics, the real thing that I love is math. Um, and, and that's what I ended up applying for. And I'll be honest, uh, it was not what I imagined it to be like when I got to uni. It was very different. Uh, there's a there's a mathematics that we just don't learn at school. It's just so so different um and at the time i feel like i feel like when we when we're talking we're like reliving these memories we, we we sound old but it's not that long ago even then though there was like not as much video content especially kind of like student perspective on these kind of degrees so and and I, i'm sure that for you as well like there wasn't a lot of um i guess advice available at our school so it was like a, it was a new thing and i when i i only realized when i got there um so I want to go to the next step, I guess. Um, degree, we had some imaginations of what we were going to do after our degree. But what was, what was that for you? Yeah, so for me, kind of what I had in mind was do industrial engineering and then figure out the job afterwards. So I didn't have a clear picture until, I would say, even until now, I don't have a 
100% clear picture of what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. But the approach I was taking was start off with something you enjoy doing and then see where that takes you. So when I picked industrial engineering, I was like, okay, I understand what industrial engineering is, the principles behind it. And then going into university, going into what I wanted to do as a job, I kind of left it till there to kind of really solidify what that was. Interesting. Yeah, um, I think uh, very similar to you, because there's this is the difference, I guess, between slightly less um, career driven degrees, which are, you know, a bit more generalized. You, you for example, like a doctor is quite a clear pathway in what you want to do next. Um, but similar for me, I, I after studying or picking up math, I didn't exactly know why I was doing it or what I was going to get out of it. Um, I guess I resonate with the, the fact about, you know, it was, it was a passion and I definitely pursued it. But another aspect of things was that um, it was like a toolkit almost. And I was learning these skills, problem solving mm-hmm. skills, you know, argumentative, uh, having very, very strong kind of abstraction abilities. Um, and these skills, I just knew that they would be transferable in whatever industry or pathway I decided to take. Um, and that was, that formed mo- most of my kind of like, decision on why to take the degree and also a little bit of um maybe like comfort or or just like confidence that whatever happens afterwards there will always be need and Mm -hmm. and some sort of kind of um economic requirement for someone who has these set of skills um so going into it was that something that you you were i think that was important for you with engineering right you know you didn't choose something that was very career oriented you went for something that had that greater breadth of uh, economic and business understanding as well, right? Exactly, exactly. And it's just like you said, just getting those skills and then understanding that there will be a need for them from an economic perspective and then find out exactly what that is, you know, through experience, through all, because obviously once you start, it's it's different, it's very different when you're still not, when you're still not at university mm-hmm. to know what you're truly going to learn. And it's not until you get into your first year, second year where you're understanding, okay, well, th- this is exactly what I'm doing. I can start to see, okay, doors are opening. I can start to see how my next few years are going to be. Yeah. But yeah, it's all going off of the base of, okay, these are the skills that I think will be needed in the economy. But at the same time, these are the skills that I enjoy, yeah. that I want to learn. Exactly, exactly. It's a combination of what your kind of like intrinsic passion and motivation is about, plus those which even if it's not like an immediate kind of like, a, you know, you're going to go into a certain sector or field, there is going to be need for people like you. Um, so this brings me on to the kind of the university application plus, um, like, you know, choices of what where we ended up going. Um, how was how are you? How did you form that decision? What was what was what were the factors associated to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, so I'm at University of Toronto. And when I was applying, I was applying to the UK, I was applying to Canada. Um, for me, one of the biggest reasons as to why I picked Canada over the UK was mm-hmm. just because of my nationality. My dad said, hey, it's cheaper to just go there instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the biggest deciding factor. And then I mm-hmm. tried to pick, you know, the best university there, which was the University of Toronto. And then Alhamdulillah got in, but that was kind of my decision. But so there's there's a there's obviously a factor of kind of like logistics, um, which you've described, but also a little bit of kind of the brand and and the visibility of that university in its in its 
in its kind of um, in its sector or area. Um, but tell me about kind of like, would you do it differently this time? Because like, did you get, did you go into the kind of the courses, what type of, who the faculty who would be teaching you, where those like kind of the different kind of specializations and routes that were available, was that something you were researching at the time? Mm -hmm. So that's a good question. And then while I was applying to, you know, universities in Canada, University of Toronto kind of fit all those requirements from a faculty perspective, you know, the brand, everything. And if I were to do it differently, I wouldn't change anything. The people I've met at the university, the experiences I've had, that all as well are super valuable. And so if I had gone to a different university, I don't think I'd have had those same experiences, um, same opportunities to learn and all that stuff. Interesting. You know, um, for me, it's a little bit weird uh, and not contradictory to you, but a little different perspective because um, as you know, I was at the time I was applying to a bunch of universities. Um, my first kind of option I really, really wanted to get into was Oxford. Um, that didn't happen. Um, and then after that, there were a whole bunch of other universities, Imperial, Oxford, uh, Imperial, UCL, of course, uh, Durham and St. Andrews. And each of the, each of the, the, the kind of the interesting thing was for me that I'd formed this, again, this perspective, this misconception that it all depends on the kind of the, the visibility and brand of that university. Everything is going to, your life's going to be shaped by that. Um, and I have to say, similar to you, I had the most incredible experience that the university ended up at. But I also have this kind of weird feeling that wherever I would have ended up going, I would have made the best of that situation. And I wonder whether you have anything to add on that, because I feel like there's there's obviously a big big part of it is where you end up, you know, the, the people you're surrounded by, the, the opportunities that are made available to you. And of course, if you're at a better university, you get more and more of these opportunities. Um, the fact that I was in London, you were in Toronto, you were in, we were in the, one of the biggest kind of most thriving and global cities that, that are, that there are. Um, so we, we were set up for these kind of these chances of success and, and these, these meeting points. Um, but what would you say if, if, if it wasn't like, do you, do you think there is, there's a, there's a side of things where it's a lot to do with how you take a certain situation on? Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So really my perspective and this perspective of mine has, you know, it's, it's pretty new, but I've started to believe that anything that happens, you know, everyone says things happen for a reason or, you know, there's a reason behind everything mm -hmm. for me. It's, no, no, everything happens for a positive reason. And, and the reason why I say that is because just obviously over quarantine, I've had some time to really think, but just looking at like, you know, some of the most successful people right out there, when they go back and you start to see their biography or autobiography or whatever, through their life, there isn't a moment for the most part where they're like, oh, I should have changed this or I would have changed that. It's almost as if their whole life has prepared them for where they are now. Mm -hmm. And this kind of perspective shift has changed for me very recently. But ever since it has, my outlook on what happens, I never think, you know, what if I had done this instead of that? I think that this happened to me. There's a positive reason as to why it happened. Mm -hmm. That is very powerful. If that and makes I, sense. It does make sense because that's uh, even now when I, when I like 
when I think back, I'm so grateful that I didn't end up in those different places or university, even Oxford, um, in some ways that I don't know if I would have had the, the opportunity to work on Xenos as much as I did, the opportunity to be in a startup ecosystem, all those like things which mm-hmm. kind of fell through because of the position I was put into. Um, and, and so I just wanted to add an easy way to reassure yourself of this is yeah. just look at your own life. Look at the past 20 years, 18 years, wherever you are, and then look at the moments, those pivotal moments that you're like, if that didn't happen, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. Or if that didn't happen, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And that's also additional positive reinforcement that it's not that things happen for a reason. There's always a positive reason behind it. Even if, you know, things might suck just now, you'll yeah. see in a few years. And, and then as well, just look back in your life where you've seen moments. Maybe you failed, you know, an exam. Maybe something happened. And you're like, no, no, this helped me for what what, what was about to happen. Yeah, it's, it's a very... Um... It's it's easy to say, um, look for the positive in that in the nature of those kind of points, but it is very very powerful if you really embody and and bring it as part of your approach and philosophy to life. Um, and I think it's difficult, uh, especially when, as you said, the moments which suck. You know, <laughs> when you want to try to find a positive thing there, it's really really hard. Um, you failed. You've been rejected. You've been you've made a mistake, and that's what that's what our kind of this negative feedback loop is just telling us you you're wrong or you're in the incorrect but in some ways if we can like kind of almost like helicopter out and see all our lives if there was if there hadn't been all those mistakes we wouldn't be where we are at this moment so there is something there um before we kind of go into a more philosophical discussion i want to I, I want to helicopter out as well um and th- think about a little bit uh, about our careers slash jobs slash where we wanted to be in the future and what actually has happened so you kind of said that you you were you were sure that you wanted to do this degree and you would kind of figure out the job after that is there anything else in the past versus what you like does it surprise you where you are at this point okay so can you just kind of okay give me a second just go back so you're saying from university now job is there anything different from what I was expecting out of university versus now in terms from a job perspective? Yeah, what Not sure. what you're doing right now has, how does how, does it surprise, would it surprise you as an 18 or 16 year old, Abdullah? Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so for me, um, 100%. Uh, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, I would be doing what, like for example, consulting um, out of industrial engineering, I didn't even know it was an industry until my third year at mm-hmm. university. So it definitely does has surprised me and it's nothing I would have expected. And I guess that's the kind of, that's a good thing um, that it's, it's, I guess as long as you're working towards what you want, um, it's fine if you get these detours along the way, I wouldn't even call them detours at the end of the day. It just people change. So your, your perspective on things change, you like different things. So as long as you're just open to exploring different things, whether that be jobs, courses, like. What about, um, for example, founding the your marketing agency? And so although startup and, and all this kind of entrepreneurial stuff is very much a buzzword and very, very accessible nowadays uh, among young people, it wasn't as much um, back, in, back when we were at school. I don't think mm-hmm. we'd ever talked about startups. We'd ever even had people like Elon Musk or, or Bill Gates or even like, you know, or just these kind of entrepreneurial figures uh, as 
you know, celebrities. And that's what they are right now. All these, you know, we, we talk about all these new apps and all these new technologies. And we're very, very fascinated by not just this company, but also the people behind it. So there's something that's definitely like in the past few months and years, things have changed. But, you know, you ended up essentially setting up your own business and and and, and are doing so. Does that surprise you? And would would if you were? Yeah. Yeah. Does it surprise you? It definitely does surprise me. Like for me, I thought I was just going to go up, you know, the corporate ladder, just the normal trend, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like what my parents have done, all that stuff. So it does surprise me. And it's pretty interesting looking back. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I feel that's mostly like the idea came to me in the middle of the night one day. And I was like, hey, let me start this. And I just went ahead to start it and just bit by bit started to develop. And I think that's kind of how it began for the most part. Yeah. Similar again to me, you know, but, but like I remember that Xenos was set up when I was around you. And in many ways, you even helped in the, the initial kind of some of the math notes. And I remember you were the person who had the most belief in me as well at the time. And this was when we had, you know, the, the metrics were in the, in the thousands of people rather than millions. And even then you were very, very encouraging and Honestly, I think you were the only person who like who who could see something there that even I couldn't. Um, so it, it 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 like it's an interesting and like I could never I went back ten years, five years to tell the bread that I'd be ending ending up doing this. I could I I would be like, dude, go away, mm -hmm. with me. Um, it's crazy how these kind of like again they're not detours, more like they're just the paths we we are we're exploring. And exactly. I want to kind of re like kind of highlight the point that you made. It's it's about we as human beings are continuously changing. Um, even selecting a degree and sticking it with it for four years is a big deal. You know, why are we so um, like why are we so set on the idea that we will love what we have chosen to do? four years ago or five years ago, or, you know, sometimes some kids think they're going to do become a doctor from the age of 10. Um, why are we so set on or fixated on this idea that we need to follow through exactly in the path that we've, we've, we've imagined. Um, and if we can kind of almost change that a little bit so that it's, it's more like a, an overarching kind of goal or mission that we're, we're, we're adhere to rather than a, position or a characteristic or it's something that that is adaptable it, it kind of le like lets you see the world in like it like almost like opens up all these different pathways and you can see like i can go through here or through there or through there rather than just a single sometimes impossible uh track to go to go down um i i'm sorry i've been rambling a little bit but we have come to the end of the episode and it's crazy because i feel like i could talk for ages and we we, we do um yeah. But before we end, I really want to kind of like bring your perspective, advice or kind of insight that you would share. You know, if I was sitting in the common room right now, let's say I've just come out of my A2 exams and I don't know, I, I don't know what I'm doing with the rest of my life. What would you tell me? What would you mm. tell me back in the day? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, yeah, what I would tell you is, so everyone would tell you, you know, don't worry, you're still in A2, you still have time. You, you've got university, you can decide afterwards. And that might not be assuring, but what I would tell you is look at examples of people that had no idea what they wanted to do at your age mm -hmm. and see where they are now. This could be people you look up to, role models you have. And just know that if it's possible for them 
to not know what they wanted at your age and be successful or where they are, then it's, it's, it's also possible for you. You know, at the end of the day, they're also flesh and bones, just like you. So I, the best way of kind of breaking these kind of limiting beliefs is just looking at examples of people that have done it and knowing that if they can do it, then you can, you as well can do it. Amazing. That's incredible advice. Thank you so much, Abdullah. Uh, as always, so good to talk to you. Um, and I hope we can kind of catch you again on, on one of these episodes again sometime soon. Yeah, I feel like we could talk a lot more about Absolutely. <laughs> I right. can't believe it's already 28 minutes. But yeah, thank you for inviting me as well. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. And that's another episode of The Tomato Timer. If you'd like to ask your questions and join us live next week, join the Xenos Discord server. The invite link is in the description. And to learn more about Xenos and how a bunch of students are on a mission of making quality education accessible to all, go to xenos.org. Bye for now.